Hi friends, Aaron here. You're probably wondering why we're releasing old episodes. Well, while Chris is busy editing our new episode, I decided to go back and clean up the audio a little bit on our old one so uh, we can finally put them up on YouTube. So I upped the volume because those episodes, the old ones, were frustratingly low compared to the new ones. And I did my best to clean up the audio, although Joe's was basically a lost cause. It still kind of sounds like crap. Anyway, there's also about 15 minutes of extra content that I originally cut the first time around uh, in order to make the episodes shorter. So I kind of like George lucas it by like adding it back in as well as some clips from the interviews uh, that for some reason we mentioned but didn't actually end up watching because apparently I thought it would be better to just describe them. I don't know. Anyway, the uh, episodes are also split up to match our current format, which with uh, some added transitions between segments. Which I think if we're comparing this to the original re-release, I'd say that's probably my, uh, would be my uh, inserted job of the hut scene. Uh, we also originally recorded this episode before we added Chris uh, as a host of the podcast. So I took the liberty of including clips of him laughing from random episodes he was in. So it seems like he recorded with us, but didn't really have anything good to contribute. Although I guess that's not much of a change on that front, am I right? <laughs> uh, Erica's, Erica is here and laughing, by the way. She's just doing it silently. So anyway, I, that's all. I'm done. Uh, we'll have a new episode dropping soon, but in the meantime, enjoy this awkward-ass episode where I get the name of the movie wrong within the first 20 seconds. So that'll be fun. Oh, also, I just wanted to make clear that what I said about Chris was a joke and completely untrue. The part about him being in the episode, I mean, that's not true. What I said about him not having anything worthwhile to say... Get the party Hi, guys. Welcome to See What the Party Richter. I'm Aaron Frescas, and with me, as always, is uh, Joseph Beck Castro. Hello. Hey. Uh, so uh, this week we're going to be watching and discussing discussing Arnold's 1996 uh, hit. I don't know if you want to call it a hit, The Eraser. Which can you classify it that as as that or not? Uh, yeah, I think it was pretty big at the time. I don't know. I so really looked into it's it. Definitely yet. a hit. I mean, I think we should. If it's not a hit, we should say, like, this not hit. Okay. Because you know, basically all his movies have been hits. True. Well, yeah. Okay, anyway, so you picked this one, which is was totally fine by me, because I am indecisive as fuck when it comes to picking stuff. And this also never would have popped into my head, because it's, like, right up there with End of Days as far as, like, 90s movies that I forgot he made. Hmm. So is there any particular reason you want to do this one next? Interesting, because I feel like it's... I feel like after this one, like in the days is kind of the start of like the, you know, the down, the downfall. Yeah. This was like, uh, this was know. actually right in the middle of it, which I, cause I looked up where, uh, I was looking up what year it was and I was like, Oh shit. It was like before it was in between, uh, I think it was true lies and, uh, jingle all the way or something like that. So yeah. it, it was like right in the middle of which it just wasn't as big as, Either those ones? I don't, again, I'm not really sure how big Jing All the Way was, but I remember True Lies being big. Well, I mean, I watch Jing All the Way every year, so. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, but yeah, I feel it's kind of like uh, it's the um, 90s version of Running Man, uh, which <laughs> we did for the past episode, where it's just kind of one of those movies where you're like, yeah, it's pretty good, but it's not a classic. But it's not a a weird one, you know, like Raw Deal or yeah, you know, Hercules in New York, yeah, or anything like Pumping that. Pumping Iron, yeah. Do you think that this is anyone's? I'm assuming this isn't like on your favorites list. 
No. Do you think, do you I, think that this is anyone's like favorite Arnold movie? Where they're like, oh my god. They're like, no, well, you're, you're, you're like, what's your favorite movie? T two? No, no, Eraser. Yeah. What? The Tom York <laughs> album? Um, <laughs> no, I, I think there's probably some. Well, he'd be an adult now, but some kid out there who had like the VHS, you know, and just watched a shitload of it when he was, you know, eight. And it's like, oh man, I I love that movie. That makes I'm sure sense. that person exists somewhere, but uh, yeah, you know, um, just abstractly i don't know what word i would use but just looking at it overall like i don't think it's you know anybody's favorite or even in the top five for yeah. our movies but uh oh, do you yeah, remember the last time you watched it uh i think we watched it maybe like two or three years ago so it was recently and the thing is i don't really remember much about mm, it yeah me neither so you know goes to show you about that movie did you watch it just because like you saw it on something or did you actually like seek it out? Uh, it was probably on something. Okay. You know. Um, you are like, this is one you haven't seen. And then she's, and then afterwards you're like, I'm sorry about that. Jeez. It's not that bad. <laughs> she knows what she's getting into. Uh, I actually don't remember anything about the movie. I remember an alligator and yeah. that he fights one, which I remember, I, I, I'm pretty sure there's a behind the scenes thing for that, which I'm looking forward to finding because I think it was CG when it was like bad CG. Yeah. And then so are you saying this movie's been erased. From your memory? <laughs> exactly. He got, he, he did his job. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you remember the line he says after he shoots the yes. alligator? He said your okay. luggage, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if he has another line in that. But yeah, I also remember Vanessa Williams. Yep. Um, but not much about her. Like, I don't even know who's the. That's, was it like Ed Harris or someone that was the villain? Uh, I think Ed Harris is the bad guy. You know. Oh no no like, no! Uh, is it James Caan? Yeah, they're the same person, <laughs> aren't they? I don't know. That I'm really. I'm like. Uh, uh, yeah, it's either one of those guys. Because, you know, they play the game. You're right. I think it might be James Caan. Yeah, because I'm like trying to think, like, who the hell is in that movie? Yeah, you know, Arnie works for the government, but the government is bad. And he's got to, you know, get out of Dodge for some something, some reason. He ba- he makes one mention of the movie in the book because I realized when I was reading it, he starts talking about uh, Batman and Robin. And I was like, I looked at the, the when the movies came out, I was like, oh, damn, he just completely skipped over Eraser. And he didn't, he hasn't even mentioned Jingle all the way yet, so I'm mm. really really curious. I'm sure I can find something, but yeah, he, he mentioned something about it was like something about a stunt that then that's all that he mentioned about it. But yeah, there wasn't a whole lot. Um, yeah, let's see, it's weird that he mentions that much about Batman and Robin because I don't even think that as an Arnie movie. Well, that's just like a movie he's in. He had his uh his heart surgery, and that's that's why that's kind of why he was talking about it. Was his heart? Did they put a bunch of iron on his heart? And his heart <laughs> just like pumping. Exactly. <laughs> uh, did you watch it in theaters? Uh, I don't think so. Um, this is just kind of a movie that's always been just like I've known it existed and I've known I've seen it. Yeah. But I don't remember when or where. Yeah. Or anything. I don't think just I watched this for a few years after it came out. Yeah. Like it didn't have like the. I think at the time it didn't have the the like thing that grabs you about his movies, you know? Yeah, like an interesting story. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
Or yeah. Uh, yeah, there's always something that grabs you. He's Mr. Freeze. Uh, he's a robot. He, uh, he has a kid. He's a kindergarten cop. <laughs> I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, this one's just like, uh, yeah, he's going to kick some ass. And that's about it. But not like, you know, there's no interesting sci-fi story or anything like that. Yeah. Or like comedy, you know. Yeah. It's just, you know, like no. True Lies has a good story. Mm-hmm. Plus it's like James Cameron. Yeah. So I think that helps. Yeah. It definitely does. Um, but yeah, this is just a movie. <laughs> it's um, a... Sounds like you're looking forward to watching it. Well, I, I was until, you know, you started bringing this up. Now you're bringing me down. Oh, sorry. Um, it's all right. Well, I that's think... why we, we want to get these, uh, you know, we're we're, uh, we're building it up for our audience. You know, we start getting into better movies. Yeah, exactly. Excited. Exactly. So Once we'll, we get uh, a little little pre-game. better at this. Yeah, it's a pregame. A bit off topic. You know, yes. up here in the Pacific Northwest, they call pregaming pre-funking. I don't know why it makes what? no sense. Like when you're drinking. Yeah. Like, like you want to pre-funk before the game? Like what? Did, did you look at him like they're stupid the first time I mentioned that? They said it like that? Yes. Like, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? And I can't think of a place that's less funky than Seattle. <laughs> really? It's like, yeah. Unless you're thinking of like, you know, white dreaded white guys, you know, in a funk band. Oh no. So it's it yeah. it's lost all its its Nirvana luster or whatever. Well, I wouldn't say Nirvana's funky. I'm thinking like funk music or oh know, yeah, like okay, black exploitation films and stuff like that. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, it this... seems a little too white up there for that. Yeah. Well, I'm not it's... really. I've ne- I've only been out there once, and yeah, it was it's pretty white. They did have the the white. the marijuana shops open though before it, they had it in California. Yeah. But the thing is, like in California, you know, I worked at um, the Fillmore in San Francisco and, you know, you're able to smoke inside. You can smoke inside, like smoke weed inside, like any music venue there. And I remember I was working and then some guy like randomly in the middle of the floor, like lit a cigarette. Yeah. And like three security guards came and tackled him. <laughs> yeah. And then one guy was just like hitting a pipe. Like, oh shit, sucks for that guy. Right, right next to um, them as they're, as they're cuffing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dude, you gotta, Seattle, you gotta follow yeah. the rules, man. Yeah, no smoking, bro. <laughs> uh, but in Seattle, there's no, you know, smoking weed inside like music venues or anything. So it's just drinking. It's kinda, just drinking, yeah. What a bunch of squares. Yeah, even though it's been legal up here a lot longer. That's that's weird that they do that in San Francisco. Yeah, I think that's the weird part to tell you the truth. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely. I think weird. it's just the whole bay, because you know, like. They have like their own set of rules. Yeah, they're just like fuck it. Um, I mean, I don't smoke weed because it does not sit well with me. Uh, But my friend and I went to a Wu Tang concert and I got hot boxed in there and I got out (laughs) and I was just like, "Holy shit, I'm high!" (laughs) I got hot boxed at a Wu Tang concert. You should try to watch one of the movies while high. Yeah, you said you should or you shouldn't. Should should watch one of the movies high. I don't know hey, what... mate, you're so down on this one. Maybe it's this one you should watch while you're high. The Eraser? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I usually freak out when I'm high, so... It, yeah, me too. It would. It, I don't know what would be good to watch with that. 
not this movie because I wouldn't be able to follow it. <laughs> like I, I, anytime I get high, Eric, uh, Erica's like, "Can you please just don't do that again, please?" It, it's like annoying to her. So, like the last time I got high, I didn't know where I was, even though I was at <laughs> home. <laughs> like I tried to get rid of allergies by by uh, I was eating edibles though. I don't know if that makes it oh, yeah. a huge difference, but um, I ate an edible and she was she was washing, di- washing dishes and I was trying to get rid of my allergies and I ate it. And then I started playing video games and I was playing with baseball and I got to like I ended up getting too high to play that. And I kept eating more because it wasn't working fast enough, even though I know it's oh, going to yeah. take a while. And then she was washing dishes, uh, listening to music. I ended up slamming the door. She came in there. She's like, are you OK? And I was like, your your music's just too harsh for me. And she what was she listening, she to, she was listening to like Blink one, like Blink one eighty two or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so like, she, she's like, uh, okay. And I was like, I think it might have been lit actually, but it was still mm. like a pop punk sort of thing. To where it was like, jeez. And then I was like laying there, and I was spent like ten minutes looking. I, it didn't plateau, you know, because I ate too much of it, so it just kept getting higher and higher. Yeah. And I like spent like five ten minutes just looking at myself in the mirror, like you'll be fine, you'll be fine, you're gonna die. But oh, she yeah. she came in and then I was she's I don't know it was basically like do you want to watch something sure so she put on like I put on Thirty Rock but I accidentally put on an episode that someone dies in and they have a funeral for and I started freaking out because of that and then we watched Futurama and I was like it took I remember it taking like a second like I I wasn't watching it at all but I remember it taking a second like the the joke would they tell the joke and then like a second later I'd be like <laughs> <laughs> we'd said super bad. Yeah, well, yeah, you you made two fatal mistakes. One is eating an edible and thinking it's not hitting you, and eating more. Yeah, that destroys everybody. Yeah. And two, uh, watching something like not planning on what you're going to watch. You know, like watching someone with a funeral. Oh, and three, you looked in a mirror, which is always bad. That's see, I thought that was only for like mushrooms or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's which... the same sort of hallucinogenic thing. I did that too with mushrooms, and I was like, "Holy shit!" and scared myself. Yeah. Like, like anytime with mushrooms. I think the only time I ever did, like was okay with mushrooms was when I did them with you, and that was a tiny bit. And then it was just like, "Ooh, this is nice." Yeah, microdosing is where it's at, man. Yeah, because otherwise, I took, I ate like the whole bag of what I had, and then it was like, "Why is my bedroom door breathing? What's <laughs> in there?" And then like I, there was one time when I was with Ben. And we left the apartment to go somewhere and we left the beer and said, he's like, Hey, go get the beer. And it was my apartment. And I looked back at the, like the apartment building and it was like, I was like, I'm not going back in there, man. <laughs> I don't It wasn't, I think it might've been breathing or something. I was like, that place is evil. There's no, he's like, just go get the, cause he was sober. He's like, just go get the fucking beer. <laughs> it's like running, <laughs> running in there and then running out like, holy shit. And then like a half hour later, when we got to where we were, he's I just, like, Right before I started sobering up a little bit, I remember him telling a joke and then him like laughing at it being like, kind of like, huh? 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 And then me just being like, I don't know what you just said. I'm really, really sorry. (laughs) I honestly don't know what you said, but yeah, I'm sorry. And right then I could tell him like, okay, he's kind of annoyed. Drugs are are bad. Well, drugs are good, but it sounds like you're just taking too much. Yeah. I can't do any sort of Stuff like that. My only drug is watching Arnold movies, apparently. <laughs> anyway, uh, any other thoughts for this movie before we uh, watch it? 
Uh, no, I'm interested to see. I don't know why I said no and then continued. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see, like, this is something else, you know, Cracked brought up in one of their videos forever ago. Uh, I'm interested to see the, like, racial dynamic, you know? Because, like, there's this whole thing where a black guy can never kiss a white girl, like, on screen. Yeah. For, like, ever. But you can go the other um, way. Yeah, so I don't remember if the, if it's, like, a, you would just assume there's, because every fucking hollywood movies gotta have romance in it you just assume that they would like get together at the end so i'm wondering I, if i don't you know, think they, they actually i don't think they do but i don't remember and i'm wondering if they once they if that was how it was originally written or you know once they hired her they changed it i just i, I it boggles me that she was popular enough I, mean, I don't mean to shit on vanessa williams but like that she was popular enough to be in like a blockbuster movie or what was supposed to i i honestly don't know how well the movie did but what was supposed to be a blockbuster movie well i think she was like you know she won miss america or miss universe and she was she's married to rick fox maybe oh um, really and then i think so but uh i think she was like you know coming up and it was just like you know like one of the first big things she was gonna be in yeah and then I'm sure there's more interviews because it's way more in the prime and it's way more like um, like the movies when they promoted them, they like blew him up. Like he he was from from his book, he was very, very into promoting his movies and stuff like that. Uh, and the more control he got over him, the more like publicity or whatever he did for him. So I'm assuming this movie has a bunch. Anyway, uh, any other thoughts before we uh, watch it? I think that's pretty much yeah, that's pretty much it. You're late. Traffic. Hi, guys. So we're back after watching the movie, um, which, by the way, is called Eraser, not The Eraser. I, I, I honestly didn't notice. Like, I was like, oh, I've been saying it wrong, but it's not like it's a huge deal. But anyway, uh, before we get into going through the movie, I found a couple of like interesting like pre-production stuff that I wanted to share as well as like a quick clip of Arnold that's telling a funny story. Sounds good. So first off, let's get the credit stuff out of the way. The movie was directed by Chuck Russell, who previously directed The Mask and Nightmare on, ne- a Nightmare on Elm Street, as well as directing The Scorpion King after this, which starred The Rock. Which uh, which Nightmare on Elm Street? Three. Oh. As is that Dream Warriors or something? Dream Child, maybe? I don't know. Well, yeah, there's the first one, and there's Freddy's Revenge, and then one of them is Dream Warrior Child. Some of them. Yeah. So uh, the movie was produced by Arnold Copelson and his wife, Anne, who made some pretty big movies before this, in, uh, including Seven, The Fugitive, and Falling Down. But it was written by Tony Puryear and Waylon Green with a story credit by Michael Chernuchin. But uh, apparently William Wisher and Frank Darabont were brought in while the movie was in production to do some revisions on the script. Hmm. Frank Darabont, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Which I guess he does a lot of writing. Yeah. And for those that don't know him um, off the top of my head, I know he did Shawshank Redemption. Uh, he was the director of that, which is one of the rare uh, movies that's actually better than the book. And I'm saying that as a big Stephen King fan. Um, Isn't it a short story? Uh, yeah, it's like a novella or short story, um, which it's 
pretty much the same, but I think the movie was just better. And he did uh, The Mist as well, correct? Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. Was that, was that good? Yeah, didn't you see it? I don't think so. Okay. I, I remember reading but what it was about, some yeah. mist. Yeah, that's actually a movie that's better than the book as well. Uh, yeah, written and directed by Frank well, Darabont. I was reading about how they changed the end of it. Yeah, specifically for, for the end of it. So um, I'm not going to spoil that for those who haven't seen. Uh, and he also was responsible for, uh, I believe, the first two seasons of The Walking Dead. I think the first season, and then they went cheap on him, so he so he quit. Yeah, and uh, like they cut his budget. Yeah, so the good parts of The Walking Dead, uh, it's kind of been up and down, but um, yeah, so he's got some good uh, a good resume going for him. I was just reading something about him where he was talking about oh, and Green Mile, of course. Man, he does a lot of Stephen King stuff. It was he wrote something. What was it? What was I just reading? It was like I think it was might have been like a. Star Wars thing or something like big that he wrote, but then the the career. Th- that's why I was like, I think it was the Young Adventures Lucas Indiana Jones. No, he didn't end up. They didn't end up using the script because the person kept changing it, like kept demanding changes. I'm pretty sure it was George Lucas, but I'm not positive. Hmm. Like he wrote a draft for Star Wars or Indiana Jones or something. No, it was, it was Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's... he was trying to write the um the Kingdom of the Crystal, the fourth one. Yeah. But George Lucas kept asking for changes, and he's like, "Fuck this." Hmm. I wonder what yeah. changes he was asking for. Man, I was read an article. Make it shittier. Yeah, I think the aliens was something because uh, even Spielberg was like, um, "I shouldn't have bended about having him include the aliens in that." Yeah, well, I can't talk too much shit because I've never seen it. So, nor have I seen the original ones in like twenty years. Those movies are good. Yeah, but uh, anyhow, so the movie was written specifically for Arnold, who was just huge at that time was actually ranked the ninth most powerful actor in Hollywood in 1996 by Entertainment Weekly. When is he not huge, though? Like, he's always been jacked. <laughs> exactly. Well, do you remember how big like, a big of a deal he was at the time? Because I remember his movies were always, like, huge events that pretty much everyone looked forward to seeing. Oh, yeah. No, he was, like, A number one, A-list star, you know. Yeah. Like, whenever it was, like, a new movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, it was, like, the big thing. Um, exactly, like... I think this was might have been the last one. Yeah, because that, that was kind of like that. Yeah, because Batman and Robin is not like an Arnold oh, film. He's just in yeah. that one. And then yeah. after that, it's like six days. End of days. And, and, or end of days and then six day. But yeah, he was, you know, like that's like kind of what uh, like Marvel movies are now. That's what like Arnold yeah. movies were back yeah, then. That's true. Yeah, like in the, the, the 90s. Yeah. Um, him and Stallone, basically, I think. Yeah. But uh, the movie was supposed to be a throwback to his films from the 80s. And if you think about it, it kind of has the, like that kind of feel to it. Especially that sweet like guitar riffs that are in there. Like, <laughs> meh, meh, meh. Yeah. So it had an initial budget of $70 million, which eventually ballooned to $100 million. Um, I'm not completely sure if this is true, but apparently it was rumored that the producer and the director didn't really like each other. And Arnold Schwarzenegger ended up being their go to, go-between whenever they, when, like, when they eventually stopped talking to each other. Okay, so the movie opened on June 21st, 1996, with its premiere about a week earlier at the Olympic uh, Village in Atlanta, and they screened it for the athletes competing in the Summer Games. Hmm. Yeah, and if that's not cool enough, they also got the Goo Goo Dolls to perform before the movie. <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> Which every 96. <laughs> every time I hear that Iris song, 
the lyrics are always like, when everything's made to be broken, I just want you to jizz on my hand. <laughs> I just want you to jizz on my hand. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's so dumb. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, the movie made $242 million worldwide and was number one at the box office uh, its opening weekend, but then was bumped to number two the following week by the Eddie Murphy movie Nutty Professor. This was actually Arnold's last movie to make over $100 million until Terminator 3 was released. So, surprisingly, I couldn't find uh, much as far as behind-the-scenes videos or interviews, which kind of surprised me. But Which which is weird because, as I already mentioned, this was still when he was basically at the top of his game. Would you call this top of his game or like a few years before, like around like at Last Action Hero? Yeah, I'd say basically anything before this. Like, he, he was still just as famous, but... And I don't really yeah. think it's anything to do with him. I just think this movie's not very good. Um, <laughs> it just kind of, it's fine. Well, especially because True Lies is the one that came out before this, and that movie's awesome. Yeah, True Lies, and then, of course, uh, you know, Last Action Hero, which is a satire it, on himself. So Yeah. The promotional stuff I found was an Entertainment Tonight ex- exclusive look thing that's about 45 seconds long, but really isn't worth going into because it's basically just John Tesh giving a quick summary of the movie while showing some behind-the-scenes clips. I also found a clip from Blockbuster, like a Blockbuster video commercial advertising its video release. Then a clip uh, from At The Movies with Siskel and Eber. Do you remember that? Yeah. Did you ever watch that? Uh, okay, it was... No. No? Their movie review show? No, we didn't get much TV back in the day. We had- uh, okay. Yeah, uh, basically until we moved to San Marcos, we had um, one and a half channels. So like one channel came in yes. good and then the other channel came in sometime. So damn, watched a lot of you uh, watch? a lot of Murphy Brown, really you know, got into that <laughs> show a lot. OK, um, OK. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that, that you know what that is, because I was I was wondering if you actually knew what that was. Murphy Brown. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or 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 had seen it, not just know what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. No, watch that a lot. Um. Uh, I used to have my grandma record like Tiny Toons and The Simpsons and stuff from her house, and she'd nice. mail us the VHSs, which are pretty dope. <laughs> it's like a little kid drugs. Yeah, exactly. Like getting my shipment of <laughs> kid meth, uh, and played a lot of video games. But for the most part, you know, I'm just being outside and doing chores and shit. So cool. Oh, uh. X-Men. I used to watch a lot of X-Men cartoons because it was on at 3 and it was before my dad got home when shit got real. So I'd watch it. Then they moved the start time to 4 and then that was after my dad got home so I couldn't watch X-Men anymore. Have you watched that since like on Disney Plus or anything? Yeah, watched a few episodes. It's fucking like serious as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Um, the first episode, there's the guy mimic or something and he's like morph morph. Oh yeah. That guy's yeah. super annoying. You're like, what? Why did I even watch this? Yeah. And then he <laughs> dies in the first episode. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Better off that way. Also, Gambit is still badass, and I yeah. still don't know why he's not in the movies. Mainly because. Yeah. Mainly because probably if they had him, then Wolverine wouldn't seem as cool. So they're like, oh, we can't have true. somebody outshining huge jacked man. So. <laughs> It's lost for the rest of us. So uh, Siskel and Eber basically said the movie's stupid, but they loved it anyway, and they gave it two thumbs up. Uh, unlike the last movie, I did actually manage to find a few clips from talk shows featuring the actors. One was uh, a 2019 interview with Vanessa Williams on a daytime talk show called The Talk, 
which I haven't seen, but I think is similar to The View. Anyways, she talks about how the producers asked her to lose weight for the role. So she told him, quote, I was asked to come in to meet for a racer with Arnold Schwarzenegger. As a singer, it's a matter of how well you sing, not if you can fit into the outfit. So I wasn't used to being judged by how skinny I was. I remember being asked by the producer, well, we'd like you to lose some weight. And then she says, I literally went on a diet. I considered lipo just to be able to be on screen, which kind of doesn't surprise me that they asked her that because I think being an actress in Hollywood would kind of suck. But yeah. So the second one I found was an interview with James Caan on the Rosie O'Donnell show, which was just super (laughs) awkward. (laughs) I guess Rosie O'Donnell's favorite movie is Funny Girl, which I've never seen, but he's in it. Oh, yeah. That's with uh, Uh, Barbara Streisand. Yeah, it's a whole big musical like show tunes thing. Laura's told me a lot about it. Okay, so uh, they talk about that for like half the interview and he just seems like he couldn't give a shit. And at one point, she actually tries to get him to sing one of the songs with her. And he straight up is just, just like, nope, sorry. no. So she asks him to tell a story about it instead. And he first, he pretends that he can't remember it before finally giving in and telling it. And he keeps making like little jabs at the producers because I think they told him, he's like, oh, the producer told me to hit my mark right here. Did I stand on it correctly? Like kind of like... <laughs> Where it's, it's just really awkward. Hard to do the Rosie O'Donnell show. Not hard to start with Arnold Schwarzenegger and a big, huge hit. Piece of cake. Nothing. Piece of cake. Is he a nice guy, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, sure. Yeah. Really a nice guy. Did you know him before you did the movie, Racer? Well, we met actually, uh, yeah, we met at the uh, the Playboy Mansion. Oh, really? Many years ago. What were you doing there, James? Uh, <laughs> I had a prescription. It was for medicinal purposes. Oh! I, 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 I was getting over a divorce, and the doctor thought, like, you know, this would be maybe a good thing. Did it help? It helped me. Good. I got over it. Yeah. I got over the, the heartache. I don't know what Arnold was doing there. Well, yeah, well, he's married, isn't he? He, uh, there were no weights. I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> well, this is before. This oh, this is before. No, we met a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we were both looking at the same girl, and we both flexed. Yeah. And she came with me. Really? See? But uh, you can definitely tell he doesn't want to be there the whole time. So he kind of comes off like a dick. And I'm not sure if like maybe that's his personality or he just didn't want to be there. I don't know. Yeah, that seems just like how James Conn is. Kind of like he even called himself, I think, it's eccentric. But I'd say standoffish, yeah. but that works as well. But uh, then I also found a couple inter- different interviews with the producer, that Arnold Copelson guy. One of them was with uh, that Bobby Wagnett lady, the same one that interviewed Schwarzenegger and The Running Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, that one, there wasn't really a whole lot to it, but one thing that he does mention in both interviews was that the era- Eraser is a film for the whole family, which he was very insistent on. Mm. And he's mentioned it in a couple different interviews. That seems, that's weird. But then he compared Eraser to his last movie, which was Seven, which, I don't know, I guess compared to Eraser, like that's more of a family film than the Seven. Yeah, So that's true. Although, I think the only people who are family in Eraser is... The Italian guy and his cousin. Oh, and the and the the two little kids that he uh Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he parachutes. <laughs> yeah. From. But uh so I was able to find a couple of interviews with Arnold Schwarzenegger. One was Japanese press conference with him and the director and the producer. And he mentions in that that the producer and director ended up hiring guys who actually the guys that actually started up the witness protection program. They hired them as consultants for the movie. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so then the second interview I found is Arnold's appearance on Tonight Show to promote uh, to promote the movie. And they don't really talk about the movie too much. It's mostly about 
just what's going on in his life. Like he talks about buying JFK's old, old golf clubs, which uh, he says he paid $700,000 for. <laughs> and then I, I which I'm kind of curious if Marie Schreiber was like, because that's her, I think it's her uncle. Yeah. Something like that. And then I guess he had just gotten an honorary doctorate from somewhere. So Leno asks him about that. And he actually has a funny story to uh, about Maria Shriver that I was going to show you. It's like 45 seconds long. Sure, you did. But I tell you one thing. Yeah. Everyone, I was ecstatic, of course, getting this degree. Now, you're a doctor. Now, what is Maria, your wife? What does she think of you being a doctor? Is she impressed by this title? Oh, she loves it. She was there at the ceremony. Gave another reason to buy a $1,000 dress. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. She buys a dress even when I get a speeding ticket. So it really? doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, but she was very happy. And I, was, I remember that night when I got the... The degree, I flew home. I went home and I put on my pajamas and I put on some cologne. And then I went into the bedroom and I said, Maria, the doctor is ready to see you. Really? The doctor will see you now. The doctor will see you now. But my- okay. Yeah, that, it's just that. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I like it. A, the idea of Arnold in pajamas is funny. And B, when he said he uh, put on his pajamas, somebody in the back and I was like, woo! I was like, okay. <laughs> somebody really likes pajamas, huh? Which, to be fair, I'm wearing pajamas right now, so. But, you know, it's, I, I I could actually like see him doing that, the whole thing with him going, the doctor is here to see you now. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just like how he's, he's a great guest to have on talk shows because he's, like, super charismatic. Mm-hmm. Like, almost any joke he makes... Even if it's corny, it's just funny because of his accent. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to do two quick things after watching the interviews that I, I wanted to point or that I noticed after watching the interviews. Uh, first, it seemed like the two biggest selling points for the movie were the railgun and then the airplane and the airplane scene mm-hmm. because both are pretty much brought up in every interview that I found. Yeah. And then secondly, pretty much all the advertising for this movie ruined the plot twist with that James Conn's a bad guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Like... Erica didn't because well, she watched it with me. She hadn't. She didn't know. But I mean, it's kind of obvious. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They did the same thing with Terminator Two. Also, spoilers. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. So we got this with James Con, which is the midway plot twist. You know, Terminator Two, which Arnie's a good guy, and then also Predator. Like, if you watch Predator and have no idea what it's about. You get through like the first half of the movie, you're like this is just some war movie, you know. Yeah. Uh, Dylan's a son of a bitch. CA's got pushing too many <laughs> pencils, and then all of a sudden there's just like an alien, you know. Uh, that's got to be a mind fuck. But um, I always catch the second half of that movie. Our predator. Yeah, when it's the when the predator's already there. So I I don't I don't know if I've ever seen the beginning of it. Really? I Damn. Maybe. I... Yeah, it's just the beginning is just the whole like war movie there's just some bad brown people that they gotta you know blow up for some reason or something yeah um and then all of a sudden an alien shows up yeah and starts killing them except one guy well i yeah. guess two people but dutch yeah dutch oh yeah do you remember how we were joking that there's no way this could be anyone's favorite movie arnold movie yeah i actually did find an article i'm not gonna show it like i don't we don't need to see it but i found an article written by a guy who claims it's his favorite movie because it's the most schwarzenegger movie he's ever made what yeah that's like the most schwarzenegger type of movie he's ever made so the whole article is basically about how awesome the movie is no the answer to that question is commando 100 percent. like how's that mm. not the most arnold movie you got me 
I I haven't seen that movie in a long time too. So yeah, it's amazing. Alrighty, and that'll do it for this episode. Stay tuned for the next slightly less awkward episode, which I am working on now and should be released in the next few days. Until then, though. Get the party, Richter!